Good morning. It's time for Daily Chapel. The text is John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. The Reverend Dr. John Sias is preaching. The broadcast of Chapel is underwritten by LCMS International Mission and Ministry to the Armed Forces. A reading from the Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen, and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Which of us thought he would live to celebrate an Easter like the disciples did the first one, locked up in isolation? Of course, it may not be quite the same. Who can say whether we are locked up in fear or in love? Are you locked up in fear? The rich fool with bravado bracing his tumbling soul. Look, soul, I have canned beans and teepee laid up yet for many days. That's one thing. Or are you locked up in love for your neighbors, going the extra mile in a Lenten fast from all unnecessary things, leaving your quite unnecessary place in the hospital for those who'll need it? This is not such a great sacrifice, truth be told, for us who need not fear death or anything less, who want for nothing in this world but for Jesus. But yes, locked up in love, in fear, it makes a big difference though maybe we can be a bit of both. For the disciples that first Easter, there's no plausible charity about their having a good motive. They, John says, confessing for himself and by the soul-searching power of the Holy Ghost, were locked up for the fear of the Jews. Which is to say, the fear of death, and also of much less than death, of the rod and scourge, of the tongue, 
of the in-crowd with its death grip on the niceties of life, putting them out in the cold, perhaps of trying to live a new and resurrected life in a dying and death-dealing world and having it, at least in the body and its pleasures, try to choke the new life out of them. If we say that is being locked up for love, then it's for love of all the wrong things. It is surely instead to be locked up in fear, which is a problem, a grave sin. For love is to cast out fear, and here is love who died for us, loving us first and to the last, and risen now forever from the dead. Love is to overcome fear, to give what saves, even and especially the forgiveness of sins. And that, praise God, is what the Christ does, risen from the dead. He passes into the locked room by the power of his divinity still joined with the body that died for our sins and rose, their atonement being finished, exalted to the right hand of God, by the power that enables him to subdue all things to himself, even raise us from the dead. Walls and locks or orders or no, he goes where he wills. And when he comes into that room, where he might as well, to our mind, have upbraided them for their unbelief and split, where we might say, after all he has done, exactly as he said, they still don't believe, let alone act. Can these dry bones live? But to that room, to such as them, he comes and says, Peace be with you. For he is who he is. He shows them in his hands inside the atonement price, revealing the glorious face of God that all ages have yearned to see but could not, the perfect faithfulness unto an atoning death that he offered as the answer for all their unbelief. And he speaks that word of God that death could not overcome. And so he comes yet to us, even outside his churches, stuck inside our houses, behind our locked doors. The word of God that death could not overcome has no trouble with walls. He has reached you right now. In fact, he's broken in at perhaps a time you did not expect. He puts to you the question, why you are locked up? And here I'm not thinking so much of stay-at-home orders, but what keeps you who believe in his death for all your sins and his resurrection from carrying out as much as has been given to you, the ministry that the Lord commends here? And even so, he comes and speaks to you peace, forgiveness. As the Father sent me, he said to his apostles that night, so send I you. And he breathed on those dry bones that they might live new by the Holy Spirit and dispatched them to forgive sins, to distribute the goods, to bring the completed atonement home, to be received by faith. Now in this is, of course, the whole ministry of word and sacrament, given to those called, examined, ordained, put in place to do it, the public preaching and teaching of the gospel, the speaking of the church through the pastor in the name instead of Jesus, to forgive those who repent and to bind those who do not to their sin until they do. The giving to those prepared in faith to receive it of his body and the blood for you, for the forgiveness of sins, for certainty of forgiveness and life forever, that your faith may hang on to it even through death. 
a great multiplicity of pure and sure gifts on which faith is to thrive, from which you may for a while sadly be kept, for which you might hunger and thirst rightly. But today, even into your little house locked up in love or fear, whichever, Jesus comes anyway with this same word, peace be to you. And what better opportunity, as you are locked up with those who you love, or is it whose judgment you might fear, what better opportunity will you have to take up with zeal the practice of the actual forgiving of the trespasses they've trespassed against you? and of confessing openly and fully where you've run roughshod over them. Speaking upon one another not only your forgiveness, but in real spoken words, the assurance and mutual consolation in the blood of Jesus that covers all sin forever. You may have convinced yourselves that you did not do this before because in love you could overlook things or You didn't want to inject that awkward clarity of right that's right and wrong that's wrong, of sin that's sin and leads to death, or of forgiveness that once given is irrevocable, of a will to amend that is genuine. You might have hesitated to inject all that into a life that seemed good enough as it is, a beans and teepee and all. But my friends, locking yourself off from all that is not a good love but a stupid fear of losing what is, in truth, not so good. We do it, though, especially with those closest to us, and even think we have good reasons. But now you're locked up together anyway, and Jesus has broken in, just as he said, but unexpected, with peace. And So what on earth are you waiting for? It is finished. Death and life are right at hand, and he comes to judge the living and the dead. You might as well learn to share in reality in what Christ busts in to do, which is by his blood and word and with the certainty of his raised from the dead body. Put your finger here, Thomas. Stop doubting and believe. He busts in to forgive sin, to give in the here and now the fact and certainty of eternal life, to strengthen by the continual forgiving of sins that faith that despite all will not lose its grasp on him until he comes again to bring those whose trust is in him to joy. And doing that, stepping out to confess your sins for what they are to those you've sinned against, and stepping out as boldly to forgive as Christ does those who have sinned against you, doing that will exercise your faith and make it hungry. may fasten you, in a sense, to a cross, being sent as he is, But lo, he lives, this crucified and risen one, and even triumphs, and by faith, so doing, so shall you. So seek him urgently now where he is to be found, for now in his word, which wall and door and order cannot stop. And then God grants soon that our yearning to be fed together in him, to strengthen one another in word and song, and moreover, to be strengthened together by the eating of his body and the drinking of his blood, that that yearning may soon be requited and enjoyed by us faithfully and regularly anew, for what it is, just as he says, until he brings us all home. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. 
Thank you for joining us for Chapel. Today we pray for Tirza Cray, who serves the Lord in the Dominican Republic. The broadcast of Chapel is underwritten by LCMS International Mission and Ministry to the Armed Forces. To learn more about LCMS International Mission and Ministry to the Armed Forces, visit kfuo.org chapel.